All right, you guys are in for a real treat, 9.30 service. Um, it's going to be very special. And I just want to just share just real quick, uh, Nicole and I have known you, Rachel, for a long time. And uh, we watched you come in as a kids pastor at the Apple Valley campus while we were there. And we, uh, our, our, we shared a wall with our offices. And so uh, even though I wanted to play my own music, I just had to listen to whatever she was playing. And, uh, but over that time, uh, we got to share a lot of great moments uh, with our team there and uh, watched you thrive and flourish and grow and, and God do some amazing things in you. But I want, I want you to know that, that you're so gifted and talented in so many frustrating ways. Um, you know, one of those people, it's like, oh, cool, you're good at that too. Awesome, you're dead to me. Um, but it's not your, your talent or your competency that we love about you, it's your character. And you've got such a, a depth to your character. And I've never, uh, I've never seen somebody at your stage in life lean on Jesus as much as you do. Uh, you challenge me uh, to spend more time with Jesus. You challenge me to be more like Jesus. And so today, that's why you're in for a treat. It has nothing to do with talent or skill or cool outfits or anything. Uh, it has something to do that with, with what's inside of you. And, uh, and so we're here to receive, not critique. We're here to lean in, not, not judge something. And, and we know that God's going to speak through you to us today. So come on, can you welcome Pastor Rachel Parsons to the platform? He's trying to make me cry before I get on stage. Well, like you said, my name is Rachel Parsons, and I am so honored to be here with you guys today. So thanks for having me. Seriously, I'm so blessed. Um, first, I do want to also just give honor to Davey and Nicole. Thank you guys so much for just believing in me at such a young age and seeing that value and not because, like you said, of my talents, but just who God has created me to be. And so I just want to honor them. So give it up for Davey and Nicole. Thank you guys. Love you guys. Okay. So like Davey said, I'm the kids pastor here and I'm also the administrative coordinator. Let's go. Administrative work, you know. I love, I love being here and I love what I do. I am excited. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about myself. We're going to just like get to know each other. We're going to hang out. We're going to chat. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit about what God is teaching me in this series and what it means to be a heart of a servant. How's that sound? Does that sound good? Amazing. Okay. So um, I want to just tell you that I went to school at North Central University. Anybody? Come on. I went there to be an elementary education teacher. So I do have some training in kids, which is cool. You know, I love it. Um, all that I knew growing up, the only thing that I knew about myself was that I loved being with kids. And not only because I loved who they were, but I felt like I was one all the time. And I could never get out of that. So I was like, I'll just hang with the kids. So I went to North Central, planned on being a teacher all four years. And then my last year, something started shifting in me and stirring in me. And I was like, what is this? What is this? Because for some reason, after four years of school, I don't think I'm supposed to be a teacher. And I was like, cool, cool. What's next? What's next? And I started to feel just something in my spirit about ministry. And I literally said, God, I don't know what that looks like. So I'm just going to finish my degree 
And then you, if you want to open a door, I will walk through it. But until you do that, I'm just going to go after this teacher thing. Because I don't really know what else. I don't know. I don't know what this means. So I graduated. I worked at Chipotle. Come on. Love me some Chipotle. I did some nannying jobs. Just kind of was trying to figure out what was next. And my mom, she comes up to me and she's like, Rach, you didn't really have the opportunity much to serve in college. Because I was in sports, so we were traveling every weekend. And she's like... I think it's really time for you to start serving. And I was like, listen to me. I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> That's horrible. My mom was like, no, seriously. Like, you love kids. Like, why would you not? And I was like, okay, fine. I'll start serving. I'll start serving. So that's what I love about my story is because I would not be right here if I had never started serving. If I had never taken a step of faith, if my mom hadn't encouraged me and I hadn't been like, you know what? Okay, Lord, use me. Because after three months of volunteering, they asked me to be on staff here at River Valley. And so I'm so blessed to be a part of this family. So that's a little bit about who I am and how I got to where I'm at. I want you to know a few weird things about me because I'm not a normal person, I feel like, so I have to just share this with you guys. <laughs> it's not going to be like weird, weird. Okay, but three things that you should know about me that basically embody me as a person, okay, is number one, I do love Chipotle, okay? That's like, <laughs> if we ever have a connect and you're sitting there and you find yourself at Chipotle across from me, it's because I manipulated you there because I love it so much, okay? I literally love tacos, burritos. The second thing that I love and I'm so weirdly passionate about is Nike. Okay, cool. I just think it's so fun, the swoosh, just do it. I like that motto in most cases, okay? Most cases. Some, no, don't just do it, don't just do it, okay? So I love Chipotle, I love Nike, and then the last thing that is a little strange, a little strange. I have a couple irrational fears, but like the biggest one is that I'm terrified of black socks, okay? Yes, am I right? Now you guys are like, I'm just gonna validate myself and tell you why I feel this way. And it's because you can't see the dirt on the bottom of a black sock, okay? So you could have been wearing that, those socks for 27 days, never would have known. That's disgusting, okay? And it freaks me out, <laughs> so just keep those things away from me, all right. <laughs> Um, as we're going today, this is actually crazy. This is like my first time preaching in front of adults. Super cool, super fun. So I'm gonna need some feedback. We're gonna, we're gonna do this together, okay? I'm not gonna just like look down at you and be like, blah, 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 we're hanging out. We're doing this together. So I need some feedback. So I'm gonna give you some options that you can do for feedback and you're gonna have to just help me out, okay? So number one, if you feel ever so inclined to say, that's good, okay? You can say that. Like, that's, oh, yeah, that's good, that's good, cool, I like that. If, if ever, okay. <laughs> Number two, you could just be like, amen. You know, like the Lord's, the Lord's speaking to you, and, he, and you're just like, yeah, amen, I feel that, okay? The third one is my favorite, it's a classic, it's just the, mm, just the, mm, yeah, girl, come on. You don't have to say all that, but just the, mm, okay? And if you're like, Rach, I am not a verbal person, you just give me that head nod, like, yeah, that was good. That's really good. Okay, so on the count of three, you're all gonna pick which one you wanna do, and we're gonna practice right here, right now. Are you ready? Okay, ready? One, two, three, come on. Oh! <laughs> that was terrifying. <laughs> I loved it, yes! I love that. All right, let's pray, let's, let's get into this thing. Jesus, thank you so much that you knew today was gonna happen well in advance, Jesus, and so I pray that it is never ever my words, but it is always you speaking through me, Holy Spirit. Do what you want in the hearts of everyone here today. We love you. And everybody said, 
Amen. Awesome. All right. We are in our series, Kingdom Culture, and we are in week three. And I'm excited because this week is about the heart of a servant. And I get to talk to you about a guy in the Bible, and his name is David. Everybody say David. David. Yes, David. Oh, what a guy. I can't wait to tell you about him. Okay. So David, I'm going to give you just a little bit of context, a little bit about who he was. David's job was to be a shepherd. Okay. So here's what I'm going to have you do. Just like close your, just like maybe close your eyes. And I'm going to have you envision what it would be like to be a shepherd. Okay. So this is David's life. So you just see this huge field of like green grass. Oh my goodness. Beautiful. Like goes on for miles and miles. Yes. Okay. And then uh, put some, put some sheep in there. Okay. You got that? Okay. That's it. That's literally it. Sheep and grass. That sound like a job you want to apply for? Not me, okay? They didn't have their phones. They weren't. Fl- he wasn't flipping through Instagram to pass the time. No! He was with sheep all day. So, number one, he's a great guy. Okay, anyways. So, David was a shepherd, and I love that about him. He was one of seven. So, he had um, six other brothers. His dad's name was Jesse. And during this context and the scripture that I'm going to set up is Samuel was on the hunt for who was going to be next in line to be king. Okay, so that's where we're at in the story. Samuel's like, all right, what what guys do we have coming up next in the pipeline ready to go? So we're going to go to our first scripture and then I'll I'll set this up and then we're going to talk about how David had the heart of a servant. But we're going to start in 1 Samuel 16, 10 through 13. It should be on the screen. It says, Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons that you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending to the sheep, Samuel said. Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and he had him brought in. He was glowing with health and fine appearance, and he had handsome features. Wow. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took off the horn of the oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. So here we see that David was the youngest of all the brothers, but he was called and he was anointed in that moment to be king. David didn't know necessarily when that was going to happen, but today we're looking at what did David do in the in-between and how did he carry the heart of a servant? 1 Samuel 6, 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't consider his appearance or his height for I have rejected that. The Lord doesn't look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So we're going to talk about how David had the heart of a servant. The first point that I want to talk about is he had a humble heart. So if you're like a note taker, we're doing three things. The first one is he had a humble heart. David was tending sheep in his fields all day long. And his brothers were out doing all sorts of other things. They were partying, they were hanging out with their friends. But David was in a field with sheep. He had a humble heart. He probably wanted to do maybe some other things and be involved in some other things, but he knew that that's where God had him. So he had a humble heart and he tended the sheep. I love this. It was what David did when no one else was looking to him is what gave him that humble heart. And you know, I always think, and I've thought when I was younger, like, man, you like work your whole life 
to get to like these big moments and the you're like a superstar athlete or like you get to preach on the stage cool like bleh, that's why that's why I've been working my whole life right for this but what God's been teaching me and speaking to me about what it means to have a humble heart is it's actually the exact opposite. It, that, that's, not, that's not at all what it is because God cares more about what you do with his sheep in his field than what you do on a stage in front of his people. And so what I love about David is he had the heart of a servant. Um, something that I'm also learning and that I love is what I do in the mundane, in the in-between, is bigger than any moment that I have. And I think that that's how David carried out his life. It was the in-betweens. I've been asking myself, waking up every morning, am I spending time, what, what am I doing with my mundane? What am I doing when nobody's looking, when, when the doors are shut? Who am I? Because I should be a mu- you should be able to bust through my door and I would be a much better person there than I am right here. And that's what I love about David is in the in-betweens and in the mundane, he still had a humble heart. It's what he did in those moments that mattered more than when he was going to be a king because God was setting him up. I love this. The definition of humility is a modest or low view of one, one's own importance. And you're like, um, Rach, that's kind of sad. I don't want to like view myself as super low. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. When you look in the mirror, I want you to know exactly who God has created you to be. But I want to look in the mirror and also know my place in Christ. That it's not above him. That my, in, in comparison to Christ, I am lower. And I, do, I should have a spirit of humility. I'm not eye to eye with him. I'm at his feet. I'm at his feet because what I do in those mundane moments is way bigger than anything that I have right here. So that's what I, I just love. I love about David. He knew his place with Christ. And it was a humble place. It wasn't one of insecurity and one where he didn't have confidence. He actually had even more confidence because he knew where he stood with Christ. Matthew 5, 3, I just love this. It says, God blesses those who are poor and that they recognize their need for him. So David, he had a humble heart. He recognized his need for Christ and what he had to do. Number two, he served others. I love this. If you know, David was really young when he got anointed king. It says anywhere between like 12 and 14 years of age, he was told that he would someday be a king. Okay, but he didn't end up getting to be a king until 30 or late 30. So that's almost 17 years where he had to display the heart of a servant before anything came to fruition. And so he had a humble heart, but then he served others. Saul at this point was, was the king. He was in charge. And this story is hilarious to me because (laughs) Saul is what we like to call moody. Okay. So he had his ups and he had his downs. He had great moments. And then he had moments where it's like, what is going on? Saul told his people, he's like, yo, I've been having mood swings and I can't handle them. So I need somebody to just play an instrument for me whenever I want. And he was like, go do that. And they were like, okay, he's the king. He's moody. Let's go get him somebody to play an instrument. The first person that they thought of was David 
because they knew that he was he had a humble heart and that he was willing to serve others so david being inconvenienced and uncomfortable and also with saul knowing that saul that was going to be his place one day he served before he ever even got there he served saul when saul had a mood swing he was like where's my harpist Literally, it's a harp. It's called a lyre, but I feel like I'm calling you a liar, so I don't know how to pronounce that. L-Y-R-E, whatever. But it's a harp. It looks exactly like a harp. And so any time, any single time that Saul had a moment, David would go, inconvenience, probably super uncomfortable, just to play a harp, two dudes, weird, I don't know, maybe, okay? But he, but he did it. He did it. And not only did he do it, he had a servant's heart while he did it. He did it with joy and he did it with confidence because he had a humble heart and he was willing to serve others. So I want to ask, who are you serving when it's inconvenient and uncomfortable? Because those are more of the moments that we need to have. I think of Serve Your City Day and for myself included, I don't want to look at Serve Your City Days or days where we're getting plugged into the church and be like, oh man, but we got other stuff though, right? We got to work around. No, I want, I want to start putting that day on my calendar well in advance and saying, anything else that comes up, not an option. We're serving that day. That's what we're doing. Because that's the heart of David and ultimately the heart of God is he had a heart that was humble and served others. I want to tell you guys a story a little bit about recently I feel like I've been inconvenienced, okay? I'm just going to be vulnerable with you. I drive crazy. It's a weird way to start a story. I drive. (laughs) I do. Okay. So every time that I'm going towards Apple Valley, I live in South Minneapolis. Every time I'm going towards Apple Valley or Burnsville, I get on 35W South. And right before 35W South, there's a stoplight and then there's the highway. And then there's this like spot where tons of people will just like hang out. And I've been driving there for a while and I kept seeing this same girl. And I was like, man, I should maybe like give her, I don't know, like a snack or a water bottle. I, I, I just kept feeling in my spirit that I had to do something. But I kept driving past her and I was like, yes, yeah, somebody else has got it. I was like, that's so awkward. Like I just roll my window. I'm like, hey, lady, you want some water? Like that's weird. I was like, that's uncomfortable. And I was like, and then I'm for sure going to inconvenience 20 cars behind me because we're trying to get on the freeway. I can't like, no way. But God kept stirring it and stirring it and stirring it. So I was like, okay, fine, 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 fine. So I went to Target, made some bags, got some water bottles. And next time I saw her, I pulled up and I just gave her one of my bags. And she literally, I'm not kidding you, had the best smile I've ever seen, okay? Like literally like Trident commercial. I was like, wow, she's so cool, okay? So I was just pumped. I was like, cool. I did what I was supposed to do. A little inconvenient, a little uncomfortable, but like, okay, cool. Literally the next day I drive, she's there again. And I was like, you know what? I might as well just give her the rest of my bags. Like, this girl's so cool. She has great teeth. I don't know. Like, (laughs) I might as well just give her everything I have, okay? So I just give her all those things. Um, And then the red, the light was red. And I just decided, I was like, okay. I was like, hey, what's your name? She literally comes up to my car. Hilarious. We're in the middle of the street. She comes up to my car. I was like, what's your name? She's like, my name's Kim, Kim Afro. And I was like, if you couldn't get cooler... Her name was Kim Afro, and I was like, amazing. And she's like, what's your name? And I was like, my name's Rach. And she's like, Rach, it is such a blessing just to see you every day. And I was like, whoa. That started to shift my heart. Because here's the thing. What I love about serving others 
<laughs> You'll be surprised the day that you actually start getting uncomfortable and inconvenienced isn't necessarily even the day that you're going to serve, but you'll be served in return. Because she has actually blessed me more than she could ever think or imagine. The next day, I went again, and she was there. And I'm, I'm pulling up like, Kim, what's up, girl? These people think we're crazy, okay? Literally in the street. I'm about to go on the highway. And I was like, Kim, you got to tell me, like, what do you actually need? Like, what can I get you? And she was like, girl, you know I love that Taco Bell. And I was like, oh, we can do this. Yes. I can do that for you. <laughs> but even what's crazy, you guys, is from that time to the next time I saw her, there's still thoughts of being inconvenienced. Like, ah, I seriously got to drive out of my way to go to Taco Bell and get her a card. Like, literally, those were real thoughts that played in my mind. Because I was like, yeah, I mean, I could, whatever. So I did it wrote her a little card, and then I didn't see her for like a month. And I was like, Lord, this is crazy. Like, I feel like I've been inconvenienced and uncomfortable. Like, I feel like this is what I was supposed to do and what I was supposed to give her this, but now, like, I haven't seen her in so long. So I just started praying that day. I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, like, if I'm supposed to give her this card, if I'm supposed to give her some Taco Bell goodness, just let me see her. And literally as I'm driving up, I see her, and she comes <laughs> running. She, you guys, she hugs me. She kisses me on the cheek and her eyes are filled with tears. And she's like, thank you so much for doing this for me. And I was like, what, thank you? <laughs> because you guys, the moment that I stepped out, stepped out to be inconvenienced and uncomfortable is the day that Kim blessed me and I will never forget her a day in my life. She served me, I barely even served her. She literally has served me. And that's what I love about the story of David is he, he amplifies that. And I think that's so amazing, the way that he served others and served Saul when it was inconvenient and when it was uncomfortable. The last one is David trusted the process. This is probably my favorite. Like I said, he was anointed around the age of 13. He didn't become king till he was 30. So that means that there were 17 years 17 years of being inconvenienced, uncomfortable, having a humble heart, and trusting God's process. That's a long time. That's a long time. The thing, though, is that God cares more about your heart in that process than anything rather than asking God, but like, why me? And how come this hasn't happened? And when is it gonna happen? And when are you gonna fill your, your promise? I think David had the most amazing example. He just was thankful. He had a grateful heart and a grateful spirit. It was just like, cool, Lord, you're gonna allow me to be king one day? I'm gonna do whatever it takes and serve you and serve the people in front of me as best as I can until that day comes question mark, question mark, mystery. He had no idea. He had no idea, but yet somehow he still trusted that. So your process, whatever process you're in, we're all in a process of going through something, right? And your process might look like 10 days and your process might look like 10 years, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do in the mundane and in the in between? What are you going to do in the mundane and in the in between? Trusting the process is easier when you're focused on the needs of others rather than your own selfish desires. What does processing or what does trusting the process look like in a day-to-day? -day? It's unknown, we don't understand. God is a mystery, but we get to trust the exciting, nerve-wracking mystery that Jesus 
is. We do this by staying close, being in the word, and choosing to think, speak, and act in life-giving manners. I love this. In Acts 13, 22, it said, after removing Saul, so Saul wasn't going to be king anymore, he made David their king. He testified concerning him. I have found David, Jesse, or son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything that I want him to do. You see, God cares more about your heart than anything that you're ever going to accomplish. He cares about the process. He cares about the in-betweens. And he cares about the mundane. When nobody is looking, what does your life look like? How are you, how are you talking to God? How are you thinking? How are you thinking about others while trusting the process, serving other people, and having a humble heart? So I want to challenge you guys. Where are you at with this in your life? What's the area you need the most growth and help in? Do you need to better recognize your need for Christ? Do you need to be more inconvenienced and uncomfortable? Or do you need to trust God better in your process? I love being up here because I get to share with you my heart. And I get to be open and I get to be vulnerable and I just get to take you guys along on the journey that God is and what he's doing in me. And this last season of my life, the one that I've been struggling with is trusting the process. That's been the area that God has been challenging me. My life was going one way and then it took a hard left and it shifted and it's different. And I want you to know that I was the one asking those questions. Why why God? Why me? Why, Why couldn't it have ended a different way? Why couldn't things be different? Why couldn't I be in a different spot or position? I was asking those questions and sometimes I still do but what I love about who Jesus is is he's not standing over here and he's like okay gotta wait for Rach to get here like come on hurry up no he's literally right next to me holding my hand and he's like this process thing we're doing it together you're not doing it alone we're gonna step and we're gonna walk and I'm gonna get you there because you can't do that on your own And that's something that has been just so amazing. And although I love, I love David and I love the example that he was, but we have an even greater example. And that example is Jesus, Jesus. And I love this because Jesus had a humble heart when he came from heaven, a perfect place with his family, but he chose to come to earth. He had a humble heart. He realized his position to his father and it was beneath that and he knew what he had to do and he did it with a humble heart. Jesus served others better than anyone that we ever could look at. And he did that when he came to the earth and not only was he uncomfortable and inconvenienced, he actually died on a cross for you and for me because he knew that sin was going to be a thing that was that was going to be a really huge struggle for us and he said nope i got that he chose to be inconvenienced and uncomfortable because he knew his place he knew what it looked like to have a humble heart and he wanted to do it and he wanted to serve you in that he wanted to serve you you see jesus never came so that we could serve him like David was saying, we don't, we don't need to pat Jesus on the back. 
That's not what he wants. He wants our heart in the process and in the mundane. And the last thing is Jesus trusted the process when he was here. He knew what he had to do. He knew that he was gonna have to die on the cross for our sins. And that was uncomfortable and inconvenient, but he trusted his heavenly father because he knew the minute he would do that, that every single person in this room, myself included, would then have the opportunity to be with Jesus forever in heaven, forever in eternity with him. So I love the example of David and the heart of a servant that he embodied. But I also just can't stop thinking about Jesus because he embodied it better than anyone I've ever seen or met. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm humbled by that. I'm humbled by that. And I want to cultivate the heart of a servant because he served me first. Jesus, we just thank you so much for who you are. We just thank you for your example of what it looks like to have the heart of a servant, God. Thank you that you first served me, that you had a humble heart and that you trusted the process, God. I pray that as we walk away today, we would just be so, so grateful that you did that for us. And then I pray also, God, that we could apply this in what areas that we need to trust you better in. We love you, Lord. Thank you for this time. Thank you for everybody that's here. It's not by accident. It's not by accident, Jesus. So we love you. Pray all these things in your name. Amen.